Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Steve, and I'm here because I saw a movie on Netflix called Vampires vs. the Bronx, and I figured maybe since it's new and it was released right now that it might be a Halloween movie that I could give you a last-second suggestion on. So before we get going into that, I do apologize. You might be able to hear my dishwasher going in the back, uh, backyard, going in the background, but deal with it. So Vampires vs. the Bronx is rated PG-13. There isn't much that brings it up to that PG-13, but given the material, it does make sense. It is a vampire horror kind of movie, but it is one hour, 25 minutes long, and I think this either, they should have either spent like 15 more minutes or so to create some character arcs and development for the main characters uh, a little further, because there's really not much of that in the movie, or it could have been like an hour long and just kind of been made into more of a short or a movie or an episode on, in something. Uh, in both cases, I think that it could have been better. It's considered a comedy horror, although I'd consider it closer to a horror adventure because it is more fun than it is funny. Before we get more into my thoughts on the movie, let's look take a little look at the ratings. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score is going to be my first guess, and I'm going to guess that it's a, got a 55% approval from the audience. And it actually got a 45% approval from the audience. Uh, looking at some of the reviews, I can see why. And I will talk about this a little bit more. But um, some people are just going to dislike this movie because there are some race themes in the movie. And some people will find them to be racist. And, you know, that's just not going to help the score, obviously. Uh, let's go into the Rotten Tomatoes critic score where I guessed 62%. I figured this would be one where the critics would like it more, and I was right. It's actually got a 93% approval rating from critics right now, which is ridiculous. It's not that good of a movie. It's not like it's a bad movie. That 45% seems a little low, but I think the reason it's 93% is because there might be some critics out there that are afraid of coming off as you know being insensitive or racist if they don't like the movie because its major theme deals with uh, gentrification. We'll get into that more soon. So I, it's not that good. It's not 93% good critics. Come on. Let's look at the IMDb score, where my guess was 5.8. And mostly just because, it, like I said, it's not a great movie, but it is still pretty good. The actual IMDb score currently is sitting at 5.5 out of 10. Being newer, we will see where that goes. I can't remember how many ratings that was. I already looked it up. I don't have it up anymore. Let's move forward to my thoughts on the movie. I don't think it was great. I'm trying to think of who to recommend this movie to. And I can guarantee you, like, if you're into vampire stuff, and if, especially if you like, like, the standard tale of kids going on an adventure to save their town, this would be your kind of movie. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Charmed even, those kind of those 90s um, type vampire-ish horror themed shows, any of them, pick your, I can't remember some of those names. I really think that you might enjoy this movie. I think it uh, took a little bit in its design and the look of the movie at times from, from those 90s shows. Uh, as I've talked about, I, I, I like to avoid po politics as much as I can in this show, but obviously uh, movies have themes to them that should be talked about. 
I just don't like to input my personal opinion into them. So I'm not going to really go down this rabbit hole, but as I talked about, there's an obvious message about gentrification in this movie. I think that it's a tad bit too much like white versus black. And I think it's a tad bit uh, blunt in presentation for my taste. It's really, really, uh, I guess there's no missing it. And, you know, there's an excess amount of exposition put towards this message. But the movie did move past those aspects uh, in large part for the second and third acts. And, you know, gentrification is a real thing. So I don't find it to be inappropriate for the movie to be talking about that. I think it's something that people should understand and be aware of. And you don't really see it brought up in movies too often. So, you know, enough said about that. It may turn some people off. That's all. I give the movie three out of five stars. I think it's better than okay. It's not a Halloween movie like I was hoping to find. But if you want to watch something that you've never seen before that fits into the horror genre... You know, it's got vampires in it. This movie could be a decent one to toss on uh, as we get close to wrapping up this Halloween season. Potential spoilers ahead. Listen at your own discretion. If you're undecided about watching the movie, I won't be doing any reviews or spoilers. So this is your chance to get out. There's nothing to fast forward to. Bye-bye. Go. Go. Come back after you're done watching it. All right. I'm going to drop this also here before I go into some of the notes that I wrote about the movie. Somehow, if not the funniest moment, one of the funniest moments in the movie was after these kids get arrested and they're sitting in the back of the squad car and then all their moms are yelling at them from, you know, from outside of the squad car. That's not saying much for the comedy of this movie. That got the most lighthearted giggle out of me, I guess. I don't know. Almost all the comedy falls flat in this movie. Time for my notes. Obviously going in order, I'm just going to kind of look through them. I I really liked the cold open to this movie. It had some very good mood setting between the cinematography and the score especially. And then all of a sudden, right at the end of it, I got some Stranger Things vibes. But that really never came back into the movie. Um, and that was, I think, largely due to the score... At that very moment. Uh, I wouldn't have minded a little bit more of that Stranger Things going on. But really all it has in common with Stranger Things is that we're following these kids. For the most. Well, we're following the kids. Just like in Hubie Halloween, we got a DJ of sorts that narrates the movie for us in a sense. Although she is a live streamer and not a DJ. And I will say that her voice work is nowhere near as good as what it was in Hubie Halloween. Frankly... I did not like this element in this movie. I don't think that it added to it at all. That's one thing that could have totally been cut if you wanted to make this movie shorter uh, for an episodic show or something. There, um, We get introduced to our main character then after that cold open. He is a young activist kid who cares about the community. He's setting up a block party to save the local neighborhood Bodega. It was this quickly into the movie basically by the time we get introduced to their character that i was that we already see this theme of gentrification based on the cold open and that introduction so it's real quickly that you you put that together and it's very very upfront throughout the entire first act moving forward into the movie between the nerd of the group and them watching the movie blade they get their facts down about how to fight vampires 
obviously that's coming. This movie is quite predictable. Um, and in an almost fun scene, they do that really like quick style. Um, you get a vampire fact, write it down, cut scene, fact, write it down, cut scene with some fast paced music. And, you know, every time that they cut the scene, we get like a slightly dramatic sting at the conclusion of every fact. So it's um, something that's been done before. And it is something that I don't know that, like, I think this is the worst I've ever seen it done in any movie. Um, yeah, like, think, I think Scott Pilgrim has a lot of that in it. Scott Pilgrim Saves the World, whatever that movie's name is. They do, the, the characters in the movie get kind of creative while gathering their weaponry for the big fight. I kind of enjoyed that little scene, how, um, you know, almost like a... Uh, pretty much any 90s movie, but Home Alone, when he's getting ready for the fight, that that kind of scene. And um, they fill up some water balloons with holy water. And I got really excited about that, but I don't... They didn't really get used in a fun way. They were used. I was glad to at least see them used, but they, it wasn't in a super fun way. Um, at this point, it took me... We're into, like, you know, obviously the final act, and... It took me this long to realize where these vampires seemed so familiar to me from. Like I talked about, they are like doppelgangers to the vampires that you would see in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Also, really funny note, obviously they have to use prosthetics for, you know, their teeth. And this main vampire, when... The vampire talks. It sounds like Mike Tyson talking. It's really funny if you pay attention to it, guys. The prosthetics totally get in the way of her being able to speak like normal, and it was pretty funny. At the very conclusion of the movie, I do like how the whole community comes together to help take down the most powerful vampire, the one, the Mike Tyson vampire. But uh, the actual conclusion, conclusion is pretty anticlimactic. It started off sort of strong, but the, the, like I said, the conclusion of the conclusion, the killing blow was meh. Maybe they should have gone like slow motion instead and actually showed it happen compared to what they gave us was like a did he or didn't he succeed, but um, through like much of the movie and how predictable it is, obviously he succeeded. You've already shown us this fight for so long, like, duh. Those were the notes that I wrote, so let's just take a little bit of a look now into some of the technical aspects. Uh, like I've talked about, or start out writing here, this movie is 100% predictable. There's really, I, I had zero surprises. There are maybe one or two potential surprises, but um, in, its, in its structure, it's, there's nothing new about the movie. It's a bit of a direct with that underlying message that we talked about, could have used a little more subtlety and like, it was obvious. It didn't need to be as direct as always and waste exposition on that. Ultimately, these vampires could have easily gotten these kids multiple times and it's really hardly even plot armor that protects the kids. It's just simply a lack of the vampires going after them, like actually trying to kill them. That was a little bit frustrating, but, um, you know, to the counterpoint of that, there was a feeling of threat from the vampires throughout the whole movie. Like, whereas in Hubie Halloween, for instance, there's you never were concerned. There was that, that underlying threat throughout the movie. These vampires were 
threatening. So I liked that about it. Um, there's a line in the movie. Now let's go kill some suckheads. It's pretty creative, but they just kind of... Um, it gets dropped in. I guess maybe the comedic timing of it wasn't so great. And even if it's it's creative in a super corny way. So we hear that for a first time. And then later it gets repeated. And there's just a pause for like dramatic laughter from the audience. Uh, total miss. Total miss. They end up with a female member to their crew, but then she's really not involved at all. Um, she does help, I guess, with the conclusion, but uh, she could have been a part of the crew, actually. Would have been more fun having the four of them. The main non-vampire vampire guy has a story arc, and it comes out of nowhere. He's not a really a... Eh. I don't get it. Why did he let the kids go? There was no building up to that. Whatever. So writing, um, it was okay. It was okay. Cinematography was good, but it was inconsistent. Um, it's stylized at times, but for like 80% of the movie, it's not very stylized. It's very normal. And, and I like that it wasn't, um, the saturation wasn't like shot all the way up. So there was a, of a grain filter i think put over the top of most of it so i liked a lot of things about it there's a minimal use of cgi which was a good thing i don't think they had a huge budget for this movie so they were smart in like even when they use cgi oftentimes it was like as maybe the characters running off the screen or they immediately run so you don't even get a chance to actually see the actual cgi so overall i think a smart job done by the cinematography I would have liked if they wanted to do stylized to maybe then throughout the 80% of the movie where we kind of had just normal film uh, be a little bit more creative throughout those and, and stage your shots a little bit more in a stylized sense. Once again, cinematography, okay, that's fine. Uh, the editing was solid. Editing was e even good. I like the editing, but... Um, for acting, I only wrote out one note during it, so there wasn't too much bad acting. Uh, you could say that the vampire talking through the prosthetic wasn't a good look, but I don't, I can't really say that was bad acting. That was just maybe too big of a prosthetic. <laughs> um, so maybe that's production design. Either way, I did write one thing down, and that is I wrote an excellent job of acting by the owner of the bodega in the scene where the woman comes in to buy some hummus from him. That's all I will go into. Uh, his reaction is humorous, but not over the top humorous, and there's a sense of realism to it. Uh, when you see it, or if you've seen the movie, you should know what I'm talking about, just in case you're still listening and you haven't seen it. I don't want to ruin anything. Looking at production design, Ooh. a big woof, a big whiff. Uh, the flying vampire towards the end of the movie looks like crap. It's so clearly, you know, someone on strings given the position that she's in. And it's so clearly uh, like done on a green screen and then entered into this another image where the actual action is taken on. Um, impot what am I trying to think of? I just paused. I tried doing a Google. I tried. I can't think of what I'm trying to think of. But um, 
Ugh, it looked bad. <laughs> Everything else was pretty nice, and I liked it. The the whole movie did feel like I'm in the Bronx. Uh, I've never been to the Bronx, so I don't know how realistic that might be. But you know, it it was good. Um, the sound design of the movie I really liked. It's all very nicely done. There's nothing exceptional about it, but far above average for sure. Um, I liked the score a lot, and I thought the choices of the songs were also good. There was one song that felt kind of out of place for me, but that was it. Uh, everything else worked very nicely. Sound effects, sound mixing, audio mix, I should say. Um, nothing distracted from the movie. It, you know, if I watched it again and looked for it, maybe I could find something weird, but uh, I think they had a good sound technician in, on this one. Let's finish this up with my favorite scene which I don't know, it's kind of a tie. It's either that cold open, which was really, really good and really got me hyped about the movie, or it could have been the first kill of the movie in the parking structure. Um, just the imagery of the vampire bringing the guy up in the sky while biting his neck was pretty cool, and I don't think that I've seen that before. It, it was cool looking, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it before, I guess, is what I was getting at. Not, a, not the biggest vampire prison. So that is it. Um, I guess ultimately, do I recommend you to watch the movie? Go back to the beginning of what I said. I don't, eh, you know, three out of five. It's pretty good. 45% audience. Uh, I, I would say it's a 50-50 shot. Take care. Peace. Love you. Enjoy your Halloween. And you should be looking forward to my review on Halloween coming soon to a podcast near you.